da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Do not adjust your podcast player. Do not change your radio dial. Don't delete the app. Um, this is not a test, though, because all three of us are back in the house. Yeah. Hey, guys. Richard, are you there? Come in, Richard. I, I, I'm here. I read you. Over and out. Wow. They tried to keep us apart, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Boys can't be stopped. Can't separate Sometimes. this kind of love. You know? Nope. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I could quit you guys. Mm, <laughs> that's a movie. That's a timely you. movie reference. Timely movie. That's what. And guess <laughs> and what? No I'm back, people. Joke first, yeah. First yeah. time. First time anyone's made that joke. I think so. Wow. It. Uh, it's been. It's been too long. Um, Richard, we assume you're still doing research for Son of the Mask. Like that's why you've been taking all this time off. You've been just recovering and researching your Son of the Mask <laughs> podcast. When I close my eyes, it projects on the back of my eyelids. Yeah, like it's that. You're just that serious. deep into the into the material. And it's coming. Like I think you guys are going to be shocked. It's coming very soon. I actually wanted it to come about two weeks ago, but I couldn't get to it before I left the great state of Texas. Uh, for another great couple states, <laughs> Nevada <laughs> and uh, in Montana and Montana, yeah, and uh, and so I uh, I didn't get, it, but it's coming imminently. It's going to be a nice little fall. I'm going to go ahead and give a hint. It's going to be a nice fall, tasty treat for you guys. I cannot wait. I I I wake up every morning and the first thing I think about is Son of the Mask, and I blame you. I'm in a psychiatrist's office from then on every day. What I, I don't get you. though, Kent, is you've had that for <laughs> ten years. Exactly. Yeah. And I, now I, you're I'm just, just blaming it on you now at this point. <laughs> um, it's good to have you back, but man, you've been gone for what seems like yeah, um, it's a long time, forever. And you yeah. were uh, big news for Richard. Yeah. Um, in a lot of areas. Sure. Do you want to break break the news? No, the you guys fan. can break it. You can break it. <laughs> uh, well, first thing, Richard's getting married. Woo! I am getting married. Yay! We thought Corey this day finally would never said come. yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. He. Well. Yes. Producer I just Steven. Assumed. He was silent. Yeah. Had to run it by no, him I am. first. I'm engaged. Yeah. It's exciting times. It's exciting times. All of you are invited to the wedding. Um, <laughs> every single man fam will be there. It's going to be extremely expensive, uh, but it's worth it. Um, no, yeah, I'm engaged. Uh, went to Montana for those longtime uh, listeners of the show. Know that's a yearly pilgrimage for me. My family is kind of based out of Montana, so I went and enjoyed uh, Flathead Lake. Uh, you should Google that. You should Google Flathead Lake, all of you listeners. It's a beautiful place, and hung out with the fam, and then uh, and then did some Glacier National Park, which is a little more well known. Some hiking, some all that stuff, kind of restored my soul. I uh, I drank with a bunch of Canadians which is always dangerous, hung out for about eight days, had my flight delayed horribly for about two. That's why I wasn't here last week. About a, had about a two day flight delay because there's only one flight out a day out of Montana. So if you, if the flight's delayed or canceled, you're, you're sort of uh, screwed, but I did get my honeymoon paid for uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Delta in vouchers yeah. because uh, they hooked it up. Always so take have, advantage of that. I always do that. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're hooking 
me up in vouchers and my lovely fiance. And then, uh, and then landed, got home in Dallas. I was here for about 18 hours and then immediately left, uh, for Las Vegas, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, um, for a friend of the shows, uh, our old radio show pal, Corn Dog, um, Corn Dog's bachelor party. So I, I had a great Vegas trip. I was there for the Mayweather McGregor fight, which was, uh, coincidental and awesome. Um, I won about two grand in blackjack, which was even more awesome. Oh. And you're donating uh, it to the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you will use it. <laughs> yeah, he put that uh, straight up his nose. It was that's, like that's it was like it was gone, yeah, it was gone yeah, within seven gone minutes. Right. It was. It was, yeah, it was absolutely gone. I was actually. I have a weird gambling philosophy where I'm always. I you know like most people. I leave. I'm not greedy, so I'm. Um, I'm always. I only bring what I plan on losing. I expect to lose. I'm. I'm thrilled to break even. And if I win, I'm happy winning like two or three hundred bucks because then it's like okay, I pay for the trip, whatever. This time I was ha- I got up two or three hundred bucks, and uh, I was happy with that, and I was also happy breaking even. So I'm like, I'm gonna have fun with this. I'm just gonna gamble it stupidly, and I just kept winning. And uh, Corn Dog was not happy because he was <laughs> witnessing it, and he was making him very mad because it was, <laughs> you know, he did not have great luck, which we've all been there gambling, and uh, I just kept. Recklessly okay. gambling it and and kept winning, which was I'm sure very amusing to uh, to everyone involved. But yeah, so I had a fun weekend. The, the you, I highly you, recommend. Did you pull off any heists while you were there? By chance, I didn't. I should have ah. with the fight going on. It would have been good. Yeah, I highly. You know what? In Las Vegas, Brian. Have you ever been? I'm trying nope. to remember. I know Ken's been. No, I haven't. Las been. Vegas is underrated in the fact that they had their busiest weekend probably of the last. Five years, you know, with the Mayweather McGregor fight, and it was like totally fine. Like that city yeah, can handle. Yeah, they're prepped. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like bring it on. Oh, seven million people are coming. Bring it on. Let's mm-hmm. go. We got yeah. enough rooms. We got enough restaurants. We got enough tables. Like there yeah. was no wait for anything. It was very impressive that they were now, able to just. Now that they've got the Raiders, that's where the Super Bowl should be for the next twenty years. For <laughs> yeah. real. Everyone just, like, just stays on, stay on the, the infrastructure strip and walk is down there. there. Yeah. It, they're ready for it. That's just, what they're yeah, planning, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And uh if you've never been to Las Vegas, I highly recommend you go. Um You went for uh Golden Knights training camp, right? That's why you were there. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of Golden Knights gear out on I'm the strip. Sure there is. Believe it or not. I saw it. Vegas is great because you uh you go to the strip planning to hit all the cool hot spots and then you never leave your hotel. Maybe the one next door because they're so all mm-hmm. perfect and whatever. we did I rode the monorail, took the monorail up, went to downtown Vegas. Uh, one night, uh, but it really wasn't great. It was just <laughs> it was the same price to gamble on the strip and way more tolerable. So yeah, no, I had a great. That was the most I ever won in Vegas, and uh, that was a good time. Uh, so shout out to Corey, congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. Congratulations to me on my upcoming nuptials, but I don't know yeah. where, when, or where those are going to be. And it's great because those who know me, including Brian and Kent, uh, have known I've been I've been asked the engagement question for about three years as to when that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, every uh, day when I wake every up, day. I text you and I say, hey, did you get engaged? And you, no. So, okay, did Real you do some of the math? Advice. No. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, over two. You, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this time, it's great because now I'm engaged and all of those questions fall on um, the person to whom I'm related to by engagement. And uh, so now she has to deal with when's the wedding going to be, where's the wedding going to be, all that. So it's great. I get to in- actually just relax and enjoy my enjoy my life. Uh, but yeah, all's well. I'm glad to be back with you guys, though. I've missed you both. We should do a we should do a either 
we should put a poll up and decide where the listener wants us to do a remote episode from, either Vegas or rural Montana. <laughs> and <laughs> I would honestly, vote, I would though, vote because Montana, honestly, Phil, uh, Phil Jackson's fire pit. Yeah. No, I saw Phil Jackson when I was there. Here's my celebrity sightings for the week. I've got. Oh, here's a great to give you an idea, movie fans, um, of whom who I was at the bachelor party of. I don't think I've told you guys this story yet. I, I called Brian to tell him earlier, but I <laughs> I spaced. So. Okay, I saw Phil Jackson in Montana. That's it. And then in Vegas, big fight weekend, I saw Rick Barry, former – because the big three was also there. A couple NBA players and then uh, William H. Macy uh, <laughs> because William H. Macy was there because at the MGM – we were staying at the MGM, which was hosting the fight. But like I said, we booked all this before the fight. Um the fight was at T-Mobile Arena, that new cool arena, but the host hotel was MGM. And, and so there's a lot of celebs running around. We saw William H. Macy, Man. and uh, they have all so the shameless just, stuff. Every- just William H. Macy, not not the rest of like the Wild Hogs cast or anything? No, like just Dang. no Felicity Huffman either, which is <sighs> huge what bummer for me. Um, but so <laughs> we're checking out on I'm not Well, yeah, we're checking out on Sunday. A bunch of our group left early. Me and one other guy were leaving late. And so we're just chilling in the lobby while these other guys like get ready to go, including the the famous corn dog. And corn dog, uh, we I say, oh my gosh, there's William H Macy. He's che- he's checking out. I wasn't gonna bother him or anything. It's like that's cool, you know. I'm big boogie nights guy. Little Bill's in the house. And Corey goes, oh my, I don't know who that is. This isn't surprising to either <laughs> yeah. of you, mm-hmm. right? And Normal. I go, I go, oh yeah, he's an actor. And Corey, and then the and and then uh, Bill, I call him Bill because we're super close. Bill Macy turns around. And Corey goes, oh, the plumber from Mystery Men? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> but duh. I mean, uh, it was so perfect. So I was like, dude, sweet. Go, oh. go up to him right now and say, I love Mystery You know, it's like going up to Paul McCartney and being like, oh, Wings. <laughs> you're the guy from Wings and the Fireman. Um, so it was awesome. And, uh, that was that was worth that was worth the trip. I mean, just complete utter joy that he was in the presence of a non Kel Mitchell member of the Mystery <laughs> Men class, and so that was that ruled. But anyway, yeah, good trip. I'm all set. I'm actually going to Vegas again in two weeks for work, but I'm done with vacation for a while. It's good to be back with you, ma'am, fam. Um, I've missed. You. I don't know how the episodes have fallen. So maybe you haven't missed me at all because we've had recorded episodes. Yeah. And maybe you haven't missed me at all because I'm terrible. Both <laughs> of which are acceptable. But it's good to be back with you guys. I've missed you both. And uh, let's rock this. We talked um, Logan Lucky last week. I, uh, did you just get to see that one? Yet? I still or haven't seen it. I but I I will see it because I really want to see. It. That's like people that know me, including you two, like. If we're not doing an episode on it, I'm probably not going to see it because I love movies, but I don't love them that much. Like life's too short, and uh, I have to see a lot of movies for the show. That is one movie I want to see, even if I don't have to do an episode on it, because it's that looks awesome. It was. What did you guys cool. think? I didn't listen to the episode. You, were we? Fan- I know. Ken, it's F minus 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 across the board. <laughs> we yeah, both. We we bo- I don't want to spoil the episode, but we we both gave it a recommend. So okay. well, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Ken, how different was it? From when you saw it a few months ago, uh, it, it had some. I mean, I saw it probably a year ago at this point. Yeah, that's true. And it was like a year ago. It, there were some noticeable things that I remember from even a year ago. I'm sure there was more. Actually, uh, I mean, like I said, I saw it before that they had the um, Adam Driver's character plays an amputee. He's sure. play He's playing an amputee, and uh, they basically had like a green glove and like half sock on his arm, like for 
the version I saw first because they hadn't done any of the CG on that effect. So it was like watching Lieutenant Dan with his full legs in the green. You know, like you can envision like where they're going with it, but it's definitely yeah. different. Um, so that obviously that was different, but um, it was the movie I remembered it, especially the performances um, and uh, what stood out definitely stood out even more. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Logan Lucky. Totally. It's one of the only movies out right now that's still being talked about, buzzed about, that anyone seems to care about. Um, we have some movie news to talk about tonight. We have some TV news to talk about tonight. We have some Detroit talk later. Uh, this is a movie that's been out for a couple of weeks now. and we've, we've had to push it back for a number of reasons, so we're finally getting to that tonight. I'm excited about that. Of course, Weekly Recommends in the last segment. But before we get to the big meat of the show, we have a few shout-outs. And we're shouting out members of our VIP club who have signed up for up, bonus, for, for, to support our show and for bonus episodes. Uh, these people have signed up for a dollar a week or more. We have higher tiers, the, the exclusive VIPs. Um, but for as little as a dollar a week, you get a ton of bonus content from us, um, throwback episodes, cool shout-outs, um, inclusion in the show, things like that. So go over to our website and check that out. But Brian has prepped the list of the shout-outs <sighs> for this evening, and we shall commence those right now go christopher baloo yo jess burke zach doll tim fisher our buddy who's going to come on a, a long time listener he'll be yes. on in a, in a few weeks rebecca haley scott hedinger thomas king alex lynch joshua newberry renee nola ohana patterson kevin ross adam sheridan and Morgan Slade, today's your day. Thank you guys so, so much. We really appreciate That's it. That's some cool names. That is. I, wanna, I, wanna I try be, to pick cool names when I, I want to be, I wanna be named so, Morgan Slade. Yeah, I want to be Thomas King. Mm, I love strong, that one. Strong. Awesome. We have the best listeners. Thank you we for do. supporting us. Why and, did you uh, ask we, we Morgan have, Slade? Because um, that's the best. We have more shout outs. Um, of yeah. course, to our other tiers. We'll get through them all. We can't get through them all in one episode. We've been we don't so great. Yeah, we're adding them pretty much daily at this point, and so we're we're doing our best to keep up. But you'll get your you'll get your time for sure. But we want to make sure everybody gets. We don't want to just read off a hundred names because then nobody feels special, right? Absolutely. On the, on the, Head over to our Patreon yeah. if you haven't. Check it out. I mean, no pressure. What this feed will always <laughs> no be free. pressure. Some pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. But, no, this totally feed will cool. always be free. Mm-hmm. And all that, you'll get this. But there's some really cool stuff we're pumping out up there. We're sending t-shirts out soon. Obviously, a bonus episode every week. All kinds of cool stuff um, on the Patreon account. So if you haven't done it, you know what? It's like summer's almost over. We're about to head into the school year. It's time to gear up, get serious. We've got Oscars coming up. We're going to have mm-hmm. some... Or award season, rather. We're going to have some serious, awesome stuff coming up over the next few months on both this feed, like you will enjoy, and also the Patreon feed. So thank you guys, all of you that have signed up already. You guys rule. And ladies. The last episode we released on there was Mad About Sports, and Brian did a little English Premier League talk for uh, some of you guys. Uh, So don't let that deter you from signing up, though, because it's (laughs) a very good service. It's mostly awesome. I know we have one crappy episode. Once in a while, yeah. Um, We we just do things on that feed that we can't and normally would not do on the Mad About Movies feed, other types of episodes. And to tease a little bit, we have a throwback episode on the Simpsons movie and Simpsons talk 
coming to that feed in the next week or two. So that was a look forward fun to that. One. That was a good. I time. have to. I have to say on Brian's episode, I told you guys this, but it was. <laughs> so I was in Montana, and my family thought it'd be fun to do this 10k. And I've been running a little bit, like just running. So I was in decent shape, but it's still not great shape, especially at altitude. So I run the six miles and I'm like going through my feed of podcasts or something that kind of uh, put me through it. And I'm out of podcast, you know, from the travel and everything. So I'm like, you know what? I got this mad about sports, uh, Brian talking soccer. I'll just, it's, you know, a good amount of time long and that'll get me through the, uh, get me through the run. So I queue it up and I'm running and about a mile and a half, two miles in, it's just Brian who did a great job talking about soccer and, and how to, how to, it's cool yeah. because if you don't know anything, it's cool if you know about soccer because it's good soccer talk and, 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 but B, if you're like, this seems like, like most Americans, like this does seem cool, but I don't know where to begin. It's really good for, you know, Brian kind of explains to you, like, here's how you pick your club. Here's what this means. Here's a different, you know, uh, leagues and everything. Here's what a pitch is. Yeah, kit. here's everything. <laughs> yeah. And then uh and then about two miles in, I hated Brian so it's much because it's yeah. just Brian in my ears. Uh-huh. I'm i I'm at altitude. I'm two yeah. miles in, I'm wanting to throw up. There's old people just blowing by me on this run <laughs> and little kids and stuff. I'm like it was awful, but uh but it was a good episode other but, than but that. Yeah, Brian. but go listen to it. Yeah, yeah go listen yeah. to it. Just don't Maybe you want to kill myself, but go listen look, to don't it. Do were, competi- don't were, do a don't do a competitive race at altitude and listen yeah. to it because otherwise that's a firm yeah. non recommend for me. There are tens of listeners, tens who have been clamoring for a Brian soccer episode, solo episode. So yes, well, you're welcome and, to the the tens of you. And we can announce it now. Uh, we didn't, I, Brian. I'm not trying to steal your thunder, mm-hmm. um, we'll but see. we, Br- Kent and I, have been cooking up something. Uh, so you can look forward to it. Um, Mad about badminton. Yes, coming. <laughs> it's just Kent and I talking about. I know the Olympics are three years away, but. It's never too early and talking about the international badminton community and yeah. we're super we're I know I'm Ken, are you fired up? I'm super fired up. It, it doesn't get enough love in public, so that's why we're releasing it to our dozens. Well, it's, our yeah, literal it's a, literal dozens of listeners. Yeah. So it's a you niche. guys gonna do like power rankings and everything? Doubles um, and singles or just dude, singles? I don't want the rankings are pretty it. secure. Yeah. I mean we, everyone knows who's the boss. Cool. And that's yeah. uh that's, um, well, I get your weekly newsletter, but I don't know what the listeners feel right. like. I don't know exactly. if, they're, if they're up on <laughs> exactly. Um, but man, it's a good Dude, time. Thanks for subscribing to that, man. It, it is a it's a great shout it's great out to, to Mailchimp. Be, great to be a VIP. I speak on behalf of the other members of VIP Club, uh, so check that out on our website. Um, but the one little bit of movie news I had for this evening: James Cameron is now in full oh, tilt, gosh. quote unquote, production. On Avatar, and it's five to seven to twelve sequels. Cool. Um, so that's uh, that happened. Uh, apparently, Terminator came out again last mm-hmm. weekend, but I had no. Did anyone know? Did you guys know? I had no uh, that, clue until uh, this was supposed were... to be a big deal for him in doing this 3D re-release of Judgment Day. Oof. But it uh, came out. I don't think. I, I didn't hear about it. I mean, uh, we're... it was only at 370 theaters. Oh like, my gosh. that seems like a. I, I mean, drive 70 miles not a to lot go out. Like, surely you could have secured more theaters. But okay, whatever. Terminator Two is great. Like, that's a landmark oh, yeah. film. But I don't know that anybody was clamoring for. I would have seen that, it. I just didn't know about it. Like, I, I just didn't. It just wasn't yeah. wasn't available, and it, you know they were going to use that as as kind of another way to test the waters on on doing more Terminator movies. And apparently, he says he's 
he's uh, producing a, an entire new trilogy reboot of Terminator, whether that no, involves no Arnold thanks. or not. Or he says he wants to do a Terminator movie where Arnold plays the human character that the T-800 was based on. Uh, the, the You know, I guess the person they took the DNA from to uh, make the T-800 or at least the flesh part or whatever, you know. Um, so not good. That's, can I just say that that's not the not, worst idea? I'm kind of in on that. <laughs> if, I don't mean to. If he didn't crush direct negativity, it, you mean? But, yeah, I mean, depending on who the director is, Arnold as the human that's based off. Like that's the best Terminator sequel idea I've heard in a while. So not trying to kill our no. No, negativity I, I buzz, think you're but, right. I just it's not a. I just think we've proven at this point that no one cares. Like there's a there's a group of people that really love the Terminator, and that's awesome. And then there's a group of people who are like, man, Terminator one and two are really good, really good movies. But I don't really need any more yeah, of this. And yeah. and then the oh, well, next okay, group of people like, me I don't in. care. You didn't. Fa- well, no, you're wrong because you didn't factor me in. Is I only like the Cristiano Loca and third Terminator. I don't care for the Schwarzenegger portrayal. It's fair. I'm. I'm. O- I'm, just, I'm only. Yeah. I'm exclusively T3. I'm only Salvation. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just. I, I mean, we Christian did one Bale of these movies two years ago, we, and I. I don't remember yeah. anything about it. Think so, about it. They've um, was Jai Courtney in that one? I think he was. <laughs> I think he was. They made a, tr- a trilogy. Terminators one, two, and then. Again, Rise of the Machines, Terminator 3. Mm-hmm. They tried to reboot it. Didn't mm-hmm. work. They tried to bring back Arnold. Didn't work. Uh, so now this is where we are uh, with yeah. another. I think they could do it on Netflix. Just do that, guys. Mm-hmm. Do a Terminator Just, TV show. Yeah, you tried that. Eight or ten episodes. Connor Chronicles. Yeah. That, didn't, I mean, that, was, that show was pretty solid. The show was no good, but it. no one so. cared. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, I, think we, I think we just have to say we're done. We're just done with that. But does anyone care about Avatar? He says he's not in. He's not in the movie business. He's in the Avatar business. That's what he says now. What a beating he is! He, he is. I, just, I watched about a, a, a like a twenty-five minute press junket interview with him talking about the Terminator movie and some of his thought. And that's where the, this this quote kind of went viral with him about Wonder Woman being a step uh, backwards for society and film and women or women in film or something. Um, and. He's just kind of digging himself into a hole, a mm-hmm. big hole, and yes. uh, I don't, I don't know how he's going to get out of it with just doing Avatar. He's got to, he's <laughs> got to reinvent himself somehow. I don't think more Navi are is mm-hmm. the answer, and bringing back Sam Worthington is the. An- <laughs> I just don't think. I think we're 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 past it. If we're not yeah. past Terminator. We're definitely past Avatar. Yeah, we've talked about it before. It's just it's, not a done. movie I'm that done. has any cultural cachet. And so, are we really gonna do six of these or whatever? I just don't think. <laughs> I just no. I don't know that anybody's one. The Disney thing maybe helps it some, and it is a it for the flaws of that film. It is a cool world. I just yeah. I just don't care. Like I, I I don't know, and I I don't know. I really don't know anyone who cares, especially it's just so shocking. Somebody needs to do a 30 for 30 on how this movie became the highest grossing film of all time. Uh-huh. And really, I mean, we may be talking about <laughs> we may be talking about a streak that's never broken. Like that's I if if Force Awakens couldn't do it, I'm not sure that there's going to come along a real challenger. At least 
not for a long time. Maybe I'll be proven wrong right. tomorrow and the, I don't know, whatever it scores $900 billion or something. But regardless, it's, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Awkward, and yet man. no one cares. No one talk. Right. No one ever talks about it. It's just, it's, just, it's amazing. It's a shocking it made a, thing. It made a ton of money out of curiosity. It just hasn't resonated pop culture and pop culture in pop culture. You know, you don't see any kids dressing up like, Natiri for Halloween. You don't, there's no, there's, there's no. no toy lines out right now for Avatar. You know, there's just, just doesn't have the audience that to me would justify 10 more movies. Um, but it is the highest grossing movie of all time. So it has that going for it, but it did kind of reinvent 3d cinema. Um, it did a lot for motion capture and things like that. So that's what drew people to the theaters the first time. Will that work again? I think the first, the next one will make money. But um, as far as the fourth one, is anyone going to care by then? Unless they, again, reinvent themselves, I don't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer, too, because it it starts to feel like, are you just kind of out of ideas? Because all you're doing is, it seems like every time he opens his mouth, all he talks about is Avatar or Terminator. And I'm just like, I don't think anybody really cares. James Cameron Aliens. As a director. He says he's going to try to he's going to try to convert th- that uh, Terminator was the test audience for if they're going to put ter- yeah. Aliens in 3D and release it. That's what he was saying. Just leave it alone. Leave yeah. it alone. But James Cameron as a director is interesting and is good. James Cameron as a writer slash ultimate creator like this is just it's boring. It's not fun. I, I don't I don't know. I just I get it. I understand where he's coming from when you've. When you have peaked the way he's peaked with Titanic and Avatar and stuff, you know, it's pretty hard to be like, yeah, send me your script. Maybe I'll direct it or give me some notes or whatever. But Mm -hmm. it's just that would be so much more intriguing, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I have one other bit to talk about. Uh, In that regard, that's in regards to TV. I've been saving this for a while because I wanted both of you guys on the show to talk about this. Um, first of all, just kind of as a precursor to this topic, uh, NBC, talking to NBC. By the way, we have our TV pilots episode coming here in a few weeks. God bless um, us. That's a fun one every year. We watch every single new pilot and we talk about <sighs> them on the show for the, for the big four. <laughs> For the big four networks, not on not all the cable ones. We'll watch some of the cable ones no. and some of the Freeform, other and obviously. some of the uh, <laughs> freeform. I'm only yeah, Hallmark. I'm all Hallmark Channel. Like that's exclusively. <laughs> um, but we're gonna watch some of those, some of the on-demand ones too. Just whatever kind of uh, falls into the pilot season category. Um, but first, NBC has renewed Will and Grace for a second season. At NBC and uh, Will and Grace has yet to air. Premiere September twenty eighth on NBC. Um, second season is confirmed. The fact that this is coming back, I mean, they've just run out of ideas for Sean Hayes. It's like we got to have Sean Hayes on the air. <laughs> the only way, if the only way we can do this, is to bring Sean back Hayes. Hayes. Business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are they're so desperate for Sean Hayes to be on TV in two thousand seventeen that they they just pay. $10 million an episode to everyone else to come back for Will and Grace. But uh, Will and Grace is back. And this leads me to NBC Entertainment Chairman Bob Greenblatt, who told Deadline that they're 
trying to bring back a lot of shows on NBC. And I just want to kind of talk about this and get y'all's thoughts. Um, they're thinking about bringing back the West Wing, ER, 30 Rock. ER is not still on the air? No. I'm shocked. It lasted till like 2009 or something like that. Something crazy. Um, 30 Rock and The Office. So he has had serious talks with all of them. He says um, that The Office is probably the most likely to return, that he's talked to creator Greg Daniels about four times in the past year about bringing The Office back, and he's talked to Tina Fey numerous times about 30 Rock, as well as Aaron Sorkin about ER, I mean about uh, The West Wing. And so that's a possibility. So Will and Grace seems to be the test. They've already got a second season. So this Frasier. is a, this is a, this is a sad. Oh, yeah. I know. Seriously, coach. We just need the coach. They, <laughs> they, they tried. Were, they tried. Yeah, they tried. Coach um, was on the forefront. Man. Yeah. But this is a this is a serious thing that's that's happening. Is them bringing back these old shows? Well, it's um, what we do in the movies. Why not do it in TV? We're we're under the opinion that The Office is one of the greatest shows ever. I don't think it should come back. No, um, leave it alone. About, I mean, maybe with if 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 you could get Carell, I would be mm. more interested. But you're not going to. You're not going to get. You're not going to get. You're going to get Rain Wilson. That's yeah. That's going to be the draw. You're going to get basically. Rain Wilson. And you're going to get um, Angela. You're going to get maybe Pam. Yeah. I don't think Jim would be in at this point. It, it, yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening or, or it working. But again, they Thirty did Rock didn't make that much money when it was on the no, first time. Like no. that's the weirdest part. I'm sure that they they know about these shows on Netflix doing very well. I'm sure yeah. that they know that, and they're like, man, now it has an on. Now people get it, you know. Back then, they're just trying to sell the thing. Now that people actually, there are buyers, they're trying to sell it back to them. Uh, it worked in a way uh, with with Arrested Development, though. Yeah. So I can't true. really complain there because I watched it and enjoyed it and wanted them to bring it back and thought that it's a lot smaller scale. I mean, there's. And, people and, to do. It's more and of an ensemble cast. And it felt like it wasn't done when it ended. Right. Mm-hmm. Both The Office yeah. and 30 Rock. The yes. 30 Rock more 30 Rock ended. I thought the last season 30 Rock was awesome. Yeah. Office ended with a little bit. I mean, the last episode was good, but the last season or two were kind of a whimper. Mm-hmm. But those shows both felt like, okay. Yeah, this was ran a great, the course. Yeah, it's awesome. I my two of my favorite shows ever. I'm glad they're ending. This is awesome. I'm gonna shed a tear and I'll always remember them. But Arrested Development f- always felt like it had more to say when it ended. Mm-hmm. So I sure. get bringing that back. Um, but yeah, this is weird. And I mean, Golden Girls is just sitting there. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> they brought back. I Eddie mean, White's not getting any younger, guys. Like, let's get to this. Yeah. It's just her and three urns. I mean, they it's brought back, uh, you know, Fox brought back the X Files, Fox brought back 24. Uh, How did those I mean, do? Things- I don't really know. I think the X Files did okay, yeah, um, but it was only like eight episodes. And twenty four, they tried it again. And I don't think the second season didn't do well at all. Only the the Kiefer Sutherland one did. Yeah, did is well. X Files doing more or are they yes. done too? X Files okay. is doing more. Twenty four. They so this last the most recent one was twenty four Legacy with uh, tw- yeah. uh, Corey Hawkins, the guy from uh, yeah straight out of Compton. That did not do particularly well. So they've kind. Of, they, I, I think last I'd read they'd ended the twenty four legacy, but they're still planning on bringing back some other sort of iteration of just 24. Eliza Cuthbert, whatever her hopefully, name is. Just hopefully, fully based the best, her. the best part of the show. What are can't remind me. What are the what's the word on the um, Chicago Hope 
reboot. <laughs> I'm more of a Chicago Hope guy than an ER guy. I have no idea. Mm. Um, but NBC is is bringing back um, Miami Vice, apparently. Um, ABC is bringing back Roseanne. That's a serious thing that's yeah. happening. Goodman um, did on that, though. So that's yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, ori- like the original cast <laughs> coming back. Uh, are they going to get Galecki, though, from your show? Because are you going to be uh, pissed if they pull I, Galecki from your... From your- who is that? I don't. I don't even know who that is. Um, they, again, they. I know. They brought back Full House, you know, on Netflix. Um, that does well. They brought back Twin Peaks recently to moderate acclaim. Um, MTV's bringing back TRL. Like this is a weird nostalgia for dinosaurs. Mid aughts dinosaurs. dinosaurs needs to come back on on Netflix. That would be incredible. Hang out with un- the cast of dinosaurs without their costumes. Remember that, Brian, from the uh, Kicks bit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Um, the baby from dinosaurs. <laughs> so this is a this is a serious thing that, that they're doing now. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on doing this? If not, um, what show would you want to bring back if you thought there was one? Mm, I think they could do Sybil. ER. I think you could do... 20 ERs. I don't care about that. I think they could reboot yeah. the West Wing and have a total different cast and different administration and all that. I think that could work. I actually but, think West Wing is smart to bring back. If you can get Sorkin, like, why not? Uh-huh. Right. Um, um, ER, you know, it's like thoughts? ER is a nighttime soap opera. I don't care yeah. about that. Like, soap operas run for 50 years. Why can't nighttime soap operas run for 15 years, right? I mean, General Hospital's been on since, uh-huh. like, the Eisenhower administration. Um, so I get that those kind of shows, those sort of like yeah. CSI type, just total you're in and out in and yeah. out. Yeah. Procedural. Like, why not? If, if something has an established brand that brings viewers in, you know, I don't think people were watching ER at the end. I mean, I mean that show had no, I think Noah Wiley was the only one left and people still watched it. So why don't you, I mean, Noah Wiley, I mean, I don't know how many more librarians there are to make, but you're, <laughs> gas up Noah Wiley, grab Margulies and maybe, uh, uh, Wait. I don't know. Anthony Ed- uh, Cooney's out, but you can get Anthony <laughs> Edwards or uh, Eric Lasalle. I mean, what's Eric Lasalle up to? Let's go. Let's a go lot, to work. A lot. <laughs> You're right. I he's forgot. Got, I think he's got a CBS show this year. Could be wrong. Oh, does he? That could be somebody else. That seems like CS. That seems like a CBS move. This yeah. guy was really popular in 1999. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get that. On the, and the comedies are a little more because comedy's so of its time. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, much yeah. more than a procedural like that. Those procedurals, you know, an episode of Miami Vice is not that different mm-hmm. than an episode of CSI now. Gosh, right. Just- well, and you're cycling in cast too, and that that changes totally. things too a little bit. Like you can't you can't do The Office without Jim or whoever you want to pick. You can't do Thirty Rock without Alec Baldwin. You know, right. but you can. ER the ERs of the world have sh- and Law and Orders of the world have shown us you can cycle in. Yeah. Pretty much whoever, as long as the you know the theme song's there or whatever, uh, or the the location or whatever. Get, crank up the who? Let's go to work. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I mean I get. It. Look, we do this in all other media, so I get that TV would want to do it too. I mean, I mean, not, what's there's is there? We're doing a movies podcast, so I promise we'll talk about movies soon. But like, what is less original than film? You know, at least blockbuster film in twenty. 17. So why wouldn't TV say, hey, this has an established audience, much like Transformers says, hey, this has an established audience. Let's keep cranking these out. I get that. I get the impulse. Um, and I'm actually fine with it un- under certain circumstances. But TV, uh, comedy, meh. But I feel like that's just him saying. I- and I think Will and Grace, you know, the buzz out of that is actually pretty good. Um, 
and that's kind of a throwback show. And it's got, I mean, that cast. Um, I mean, that show could be super. That show ran on too long, but that cast is super talented. Um, so I get bringing that back, but and you got to have Sean Hayes on TV, otherwise the TVs actually just eat themselves. That's and a, you don't know, if you have an LG TV, yeah. if you if Sean Hayes isn't on it, it will just kind of like melt. <laughs> and we forgot to mention the uh, the whole drama over at um, Kevin Can Wait slash King of Queens. <laughs> now they won't call it King of Queens now, even though they literally killed off his literally wife on the show. <laughs> To bring back Leah Remini, and they won't just be like, let's just do King of Queens, guys. That's that's, that's what we're doing, and people will just want to watch that. What um, uh, what parts yeah. did you like about King of Queens? Well, you know, Patton Oswalt was fine, and Jerry Stiller, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We okay. got rid of that stuff, but uh, <laughs> we got right. Kevin James, and we got Leah Remini. So, is that the same? Or yeah, Guys, I just found out Linda Cardellini was in 126 episodes of ER, so... Down with yes, the ultimate. <laughs> yeah, down with the yeah. according yeah, to Pega Forever. F you and the Carlini. <laughs> Retroactively. Yeah. She she is uh she's the best. Um Brian, <laughs> you've been hold, holding your tongue over all this. Uh I don't want any of this, but I the same with movies. It's like if you're gonna you you touched on it, Richard. If you're going to if we're going to accept that this is the reality of TV like it is with film, where I've said a dozen times the remakes and the reboots and stuff, they're not going to stop. So I just want them to pick the right things to do, the right projects to go in on. So the sad, yeah. West wing. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think you're getting, you're getting a, a sort of a law and order thing this year. It's like law and order, true crime or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's not a terrible idea at all. I would love to see like a twilight zone anthology type, sort of like black mirror, but maybe for, for television purposes, not for, you know, Netflix and BBC and whatnot uh, for, for uh network television. I think that would be cool, but you're totally right. Richard comedy is kind of locked into time and you please just leave the office and, and 30 rock alone. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I guess the, really the thing is with with the big four, you know, the uh, the standard TV TV networks, uh, they're they're competing with cable and, and on demand so hard now. It's like their last ditch effort to be relevant in the world. Um, there's not a lot of reason other than sports for people to turn on ABC or NBC on on a weekday night anymore. There's so many game shows they brought back. You know, they're just they're throwing everything at you at this point. And um, they're just gonna they're, they might go broke until they go out of business, like trying to survive in in uh, the new millennia. You know, uh, it's just it's crazy to see the lack of evolution for them. CBS has actually done it right by knowing what you do, do it well, and then ha- have your content on demand on its own platform mm-hmm. for your for your bonus stuff. And I think they've they've got a good model set up. But as, um, if these as long as we can get pushing daisies. Samantha who in rules of engagement. <laughs> in the, the middle. Yeah, That's... I need to watch my my middle. The middle is uh, on still demand. on. The I middle is, is still no way on. it's not. No, it is. I, it is. I, yeah. yeah. The oh, middle Lord. is a huge hit. It's at like 200 episodes. No one knows. Do you what know it is, anyone that's ever been... seen it? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one knows what it is. But it's on for 10, 12 seasons. Um, that's crazy. I, I guess you know if these don't work, I guess we'll just keep watching Game of Thrones and cable shows, mm, and you know yeah. we'll, we've got our stuff. We 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 can watch if this doesn't work for them. But I guess the ultimate thing, and I could actually see this happening dollars wise and careers wise. Like if they, if NBC or Netflix really wanted to, like they could bring back Friends, right? 
They just pay him each it's, two million dollars yeah. an episode. Yeah. They're not doing anything. Well, they they well, <laughs> they're not doing anything. They have money. Exactly. I, I'm with you though. It's like May- Mayweather though. I, it's like I, I'm no, I know. Take I agree three, with three hundred fifty million. I'm not stupid. You know. <laughs> the key is getting the writers. Not that that shows like the most clever written thing, but you want it to feel like Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that if I had if like I was in Vegas last weekend, if you gave me odds on Friends, uh, I think I if it was just even money. Will it will it come back or will it won't? I think I would throw a hundred bucks on. I think it comes back at some point. Yeah, I really do. Here. At least for like a special or something. It's just the money would be too good. It's like Addison's career has really fallen off. That was the one we were all waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, Schwimmer probably had the best twenty sixteen of the Matthew of Perry. All the, the Odd Couple just got canceled, so Matthew mm-hmm. Perry's back on the street. And Matt he'll end up on another has, site, uh, sitcom. Matt Blanc's doing his Showtime is doing okay. Yeah, his is all right. On uh, he has that CBS show, which I think right. I've never seen it. And I, I assume it's terrible, but I think it got picked up. Like it's doing the Matt yeah. Blanc so, show. Yeah, yeah, he's got a new one, right? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. man that's with the, the plan. One, I think man, man with, with the, the plan. plan. There you go. That's um, one. I w- that's one I would most bring back. CBS title ever. Yeah. What about what about Home Improvement? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! That could totally Two sides. Two <laughs> sides, Brian. Good job. <laughs> no, Wilson's dead, dude. <laughs> they didn't he find was, him. For he was weeks. the main character it was, too. It was tough. Yeah, a Wilson spinoff would have been great. Just a thirty-minute show where you don't see his face. It's just, and it's God right. We totally should write that and pitch it. <laughs> it's just him going through his day and just stuff constantly comes Coming in the way to of his NBC mouth. This fall. He's Wilson. Wilson on NBC. Gosh, I could totally see them doing that. All right, that's enough movie news, rumors, rumblings, TV drama, shout out talk for one evening. Now let's totally change gears and talk about. (laughs) Now let's talk about um, James Cameron's nemesis, Catherine Bigelow. (laughs) Boom. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. 
it finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Okay, so this is a movie that's been out for, again, a couple of weeks now, if not a month now. and. This might have been the hardest movie to see of the year for me in, or, in terms of locating a theater to actually go see it. Uh, we didn't see it the week it came out. We had something else to talk about, Dunkirk or something like that. Um, to talk about... Dark Tower. Dark Tower. So, oh, that's what it good was. Good choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, no, yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it next week. you know. And by the next week, literally, um, it was out of theaters <laughs> uh, pretty much. And there was two theaters in the entire Dallas... Fort Worth area that we're playing it still. Um, and that's out of like a hundred or more theaters to choose from. So hasn't really resonated on the public scale. I don't know how it's done in the independent uh, cinemas, but I don't know if actually I, I know that uh, money was not the goal with this movie and um, Annapurna and uh, the people over there, have been doing a stellar job of putting out great independent cinema um, over the past four or five years. Uh, their their track record's pretty great. Uh, I, I really enjoy Catherine Bigelow. I think she's yeah. uh, in the top five Total. directors in Hollywood. Uh, and um, she's flawless, really, with her technique and uh, her storytelling. Uh, the stories she chooses to tell aren't necessarily my cup of tea. But I can respect her willingness to do that and to make a statement with her films, um, try to be of her time, and uh, really try to represent the current state of America or or whatever country um, she's portraying or or, um, whatever story she's telling at the time. She she really is one of the more current filmmakers. So having said that, this is a throwback movie. Uh, period piece set in the 60s, but it does feel very relevant now, if not more than ever. And um, it was another stellar job for her um, directing. This was not subject matter that I seek out normally, but that when I see it, I am always appreciative of it. So I was impressed by this movie. Um, Brian, I'm I'm off my soapbox now, I promise, for the rest of this uh, combo. <laughs> um, did you see this? Um, Right when it came out, or did you see it recently, or what? What was your experience with it? Yeah, I had to seek it out, like you guys did. I wanted to see it. I think I was on vacation when it came out, um, and then, like you said, like it, it didn't make much of an impact box office wise. So it was it was moved on pretty quickly. So I had to seek it out. I saw it last week, um, and you see it, and you're like, man, this is a really good movie. But also, I kind of get why no one really wanted to to watch this. I don't understand. I love Annapurna. I think they're uh maybe the best distributor going right now. I mean they're just Megan Ellison. A shout out and, to her and, too. Yeah, an A twenty four. Yeah, they're they're doing fantastic work. I don't really understand the uh the release schedule heat, on this heat one. Check, bro. You play basketball. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Um this is Confusing. you know Catherine Bigelow is the best. She's she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. She makes movies that are always award caliber 
without trying to be awardsy, which I yes, super totally. appreciate. Great note. Um, and this is right. I mean, it's it's exactly the same. It's the same as Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Thirty as far as uh, just being a really, really, really well done movie. But it's not out there grasping for for trophies or anything. But I kind of feel like if you're Annapurna and you're you're getting Catherine Bigelow uh, doing a doing a movie about race riots in Detroit in the '60s. Don't you think like, hey, we're gonna put this out in no earlier than October? Like, there's no, there's no place for it pre uh, October, November, maybe even just December. And uh, I don't really understand what the what the idea was behind behind putting this out when they did, because uh, it got swallowed up. Maybe the idea was just like, well, there's not a whole lot of competition, so maybe we'll grab some. But I just don't think anybody was super excited about going to this kind of a movie in August. Um, so that I don't think that that helped the budget for it was reasonable, totally reasonable, but I think it just made a lot more sense as an October movie. I think it has a a lot better chance of recouping its money in October or November than it did in August. I'll say so that it's, it's, that's part of the, part of the, the, the issue I think. Um, but as a movie, man, powerful, it's, incredibly well shot she's just she's so she's she knows exactly where uh to put the camera every single time there's never a shot i don't think in in a catherine bigelow movie that's not um you know a a hundred out of a hundred on on the uh on the camera side of things the story itself is incredibly i had no prior knowledge of this story really i vaguely from you know like u.s history class in 10th grade or something had some you know like background thought on the Detroit riots but that was it and I hadn't thought about that in a long time so I didn't know this story at all so it was really it was interesting but in a very depressing way to see it uh come to fruition like everything that takes place within the movie but I I thought maybe the coolest coolest is the terrible word to use for this sort of uh <laughs> narrative but maybe her, the the stroke of genius for the movie was telling a we talk about this all the time but I I like I really like it when a when a when a really good director can take a macro story and tell it in a micro way and that's this that's what this movie is to a T so yeah um that was that was fantastic and it's it's sad that it's also you know this movie is super timely um which i would like not to be the case you know i'd like to be able to say man the 60s were terrible for this sort of thing but you know we're <laughs> we're still here so anyway uh it's it's really really well done movie it's not a movie that i'm gonna want to rewatch anytime soon or ever um and i can't really blame anybody for having not wanted to to see this in august but um I think it's it's one that needs to be seen and is certainly uh has a lot of value as a as a film. So that's my general thoughts. Richard, how about you, my man? Yeah, no, this is interesting because I mean this is a <clears throat> such a bummer that's just this didn't do that well. But like you said, I completely understand why. Great subject matter, interesting subject matter, timely subject matter, perfect director for the choice. Um and she killed it. I think I thought this is an awesome film. It's really powerful, really stressful, really uh, emotive, really smart. I mean, that's what she. I think what makes her special is, um, you know, she 
she's like, uh, and this isn't an insult because I really like the director I'm about to mention, but she's like a smart Peter Berg. Not that <laughs> Peter Berg's even yeah. dumb. He's not dumb at all. And he makes really good movies for the most part, especially like, you know, his more serious stuff. But she does it with like such an, a, a knowing, intelligent uh, way of doing it that I, I just think she's she's awesome. Like Catherine, she, she's more selective I, I than Peter Berg. That's really the yeah, only way more, way, way more, more selective. selective. And just her taste is just perfect. And she's she's just I think you know I I now that she's done three in a row this good and, and other great movies as well. It's like <laughs> I put her up there now with the really really great uh, filmmakers of of our era. I think she's she's just. Fabulous, and and this is is another great nudge. And this will, this is weird because this will be thought of as kind of a flop, but it, like it won't diminish when you see it in her filmography in the future. I think right. it will really, it won't blemish at all. You yeah. That was a great movie, um, and more people will see it, and hopefully it gets a good streaming contract, and and people will be like that movie ruled. Um, she has such a great balance, and this was you notice it in Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty of. Like you said, Brian, really knowing where to put the camera, really know knowing how to ride tension in a non yeah jump scare exploitive uh you know sort of cheesy way. She knows how to really ride tension, all the while always getting really great performances out of people. That's where mm-hmm. she's different than a lot of like action directors. Yeah. Is like the nuance that she allows her actors to have, most of whom are not normally name actors. Uh, she's great at that. She and, makes them uh, big name actors. Yes, right? absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Jeremy Renner's should pay her a tithe, right, on all of his uh, Marvel money. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, I mean, she, that's such a she's such a um, you know the the you know in, in rap sometimes the like I heard that today on another show it's like the hundred percent rule where guys like make beats. They write the hook and they rap and they come up with the lyrics over it. She's good. She's like a five skill player. I think in in baseball, she mm-hmm. she can really do it all. Um, that's the Artur thing is so fun to watch because she's she's awesome and she doesn't ever. There's no. There's never a wink. But the, you know, there's also she's not afraid to shy away from sort of exhilar- exhilaration as well and the kind of what's fun about going to the movies, even with really heavy subject matter. She's just really, I think she's really a master. It's really fun to watch her work. I'm really interested to see what she does next, uh, because this was such a a thing. And she, like you said, Brian, I mean, pardon me, like you said, Kent, she's not afraid to be of her time and to make movies that are represent, uh, uh, representative, whether literally with something like zero dark 30 or the hurt locker or more figuratively, uh, with Detroit, she's not afraid to do that. And that's a risky endeavor because that's it's a lot easier to fall on your face if you attempt that, and she never does. So I'm interested right. to see what she does next. Uh, she's she's like what Oliver Stone is, wishes he was. <laughs> exactly, she makes historical sure. historical epics way. in a in a um, non exploitive way. This isn't World Trade Center, you know, like those mm-hmm, types of mm-hmm. movies that you just feel bad that even existed. Um, Hats off to her writing partner, uh, Mark Bull, or the guy who yeah. wrote um, Zero Dark Thirty as well as The Hurt Locker and this. Um, they're, uh, they make a good team, obviously. Um, she, What I was mentioning earlier also about the studio is that, again, this movie was not meant to be a blockbuster. This movie is not meant to make Oscars, but I think Megan Ellison and, and Annapurna just hired good filmmakers to tell good good stories or stories that need to be told regardless of 
budget mm-hmm. or regardless of profit or awards. Like they, they, that's their philosophy and they take risks and they, I think they made sausage party, you know, like they do things that a normal studio would be like, yeah, you got, you got um, some up and coming actors there, you know? Yeah. You know, race riots movie. Cool. But it didn't belong here at Warner brothers, you know, like those kinds of movies that she takes and makes. And um, I don't think this movie would exist without um, people like her and uh, Catherine Bigelow that mm-hmm. uh, take the risks to even make these movies. So that's cool that these movies still exist in this blockbuster age is, is awesome. So uh, just to, back to Brian's point, this, mo- this movie is kind of an isolated story, isolated incident. Yeah. But it does kind of tell the story of not only those times, but of the tension between people back in those days. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. man, I got to say, you know, she makes somebody great. Will Poulter yeah. as Krauss. This is his coming out party in this movie. Yeah. He's, um, he, he's really he good. Is, yeah. I mean, I always thought of the kid as 16 whenever I saw him, but mm-hmm. he plays mm-hmm. an adult and a scary one at that to the T in this movie. And mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta admire you know, I always think of Michael Fassbender in 12 Years a Slave. You know, the, the fact that he took that role and played it like he did. I mean, that's not easy to go to those mm-hmm. that despicable level, you know, and uh, yeah. Will Poulter did it in this movie and hats off to him. I would not be surprised if we don't hear his name mentioned later in the year when the Globe and uh, Oscar awards and nominations are announced. Um, he, he One of the best performances of the year, for sure. And John Boyega brought it too. I love seeing him do smaller stuff outside of Star Wars. I love that he's and Daisy Ridley seems to be on that path too, and Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac, of course. But I love that that those those people are stretching your legs and and doing real. We actually get to see them act instead of in those characters and that the Star Wars universe. So that's cool. Um, John Boyega is a great actor. I don't mm-hmm. think that's um, that's any argument from anyone. But uh, cool to see him. Cool to see Jason Mitchell again. And uh, all obviously Anthony Mackie too does stuff. Uh, again, John Krasinski in a good movie was this? <laughs> no, but it didn't make any money. Yeah, but it, it bombed. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Curse. Oh, wow. Curse of Krasinski. Curse. Yeah. yeah, that is why it bombed. Um, <laughs> I think this movie would have done a lot better if you just put these screeners out in you know starting in October. You start sending out screeners to SAG and the Directors Guild and things like that. Start getting the buzz out and put this movie out at the end of January or February to where all the Oscar people have seen it and they're nominating people. Yeah, cool. And um, put out the the wide release, you know, I guess put it out in some indie theaters in 2017 so it's still eligible and all that. But do the wide release in in January. And uh, I think this would have done way better. I think the people would have been in that more mindset for this. I just don't, I don't, this doesn't feel summer at all. It doesn't feel yeah. August at all. It doesn't feel blockbustery at all. It doesn't feel back to school. Like there's so much wrong with, well, with when, what? Yeah. And it's, it's really heavy. Like yeah. it's not, we, Hell or High Water last year came out in August and it was, I think it actually helped when it got released because it it's was so movie. different from uh, yeah but it was a heist movie that's exactly right like it's it's it wasn't a blockbuster and it wasn't a summary movie but it's at its very core it's just a heist movie and 
this is not that. I, I think that's why, like, Wind River is having a little bit of success is because Lynn, Wind River is kind of a, a more of a thriller. We're going to talk about that next week, but a little bit more of a thriller and and a you know kind of a cops and robbers type thing at its at its core. This is just it's super heavy, and that's that's great. Like, it needs to be. This is <laughs> clearly we're in a we're in a climate where that this stuff still needs to be discussed and we it needs to be brought to the forefront. I just, I just don't think people want to. I don't think people want to see that in August. You know, I don't. It's think It's just so, the heaviness yeah. that kills it. And this is very heavy. Um, hard to watch at times. Just like oh, yeah. uh, the Hurt Locker. I mean, um, I almost had to leave the theater in the Hurt Locker. Like I was so stressed when he's like dismantling the bomb, you know, and uh, and all that tension again that she builds up. It's um. It's genius. I mean, when you get those feelings, when I get those feelings in the theater, I'm so nervous. Again, I want, I want to leave the theater. Like I, I can't sit still in my seat. But then I have to say to myself, I'm in a movie, and a movie is making me feel this way. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I go to the movies for is to um, – that means it's working. In other words, you know, that means it's working. Uh, there's a good animation sequence to kick off this movie. forgot to mention that uh, in the opening – Right as I kind of tell the history of Detroit and of um, African Americans in in America, and this is again an isolated incident, but I mean just the pure um, stereotyping that's going on here in this movie is disturbing. You know, the need for the cops to be right all the time is extremely disturbing, and we see a lot of that. In this day and age, you know, mm-hmm. the main the main kind of plot of the movie revolves around them thinking somebody had a gun and them being convinced that there was a gun there and they weren't going to leave until they found the gun. You know, and there's a line that says, we didn't find the gun. And then Will Poulter's character says, that doesn't mean it's not in here. You know, <laughs> uh, and it's just, it, it, it's one of those movies where I guess the the kind of moral of the story is um if you don't learn from history you're doomed to repeat it. Does that make does that make sense? Uh, that's that's the that's the kind of the moral that I got from this is wow. Uh, we're seeing these things again come to come to the forefront and be relevant in 2016 but like you said I wish we could look back on this and like well, glad that's over with, you know? Um just kind of walk away from it and be like I'm glad we're, glad we're done with that, you know? It, it's not the same as watching a World War II movie where like, man, those were dark times. I'm glad mm-hmm. we haven't had a war that mm-hmm. big since then, you know? And, um, right. This, and sadly, sadly, this is not the case. Um, this has been a tough week in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, just from the hurricane that's been, um, happening down here, Hurricane Harvey. And I saw this movie during this week and it's just like, wow. It, it really puts things in perspective about where we are. And just seeing everybody just help each other during the hurricane, it just it just gives me a, a shimmer of hope that we're we're moving on as a society. You know, um, Richard, what did you think about this this movie's kind of not it's not satire because it's not um, parodying anything at all, but uh, yeah, it's definitely it's a satire in the way of um, kind of hearkening back on on some things that are relevant. Yeah, sure, certainly. I mean, this is a thing that's been going on in this country for. Uh, obviously forever, you know, the sort of tension of race relations. And then 
kind of rehashing at least more in the overt uh, culture in the last few years. And uh, it did it really tastefully, I thought. Whereas it was mm-hmm. obviously it didn't it didn't like add anything to the narrative. It, it wasn't attempting for that. It let that happen organically, and I thought it was really um, <laughs> trying to think of a word that isn't too lovely. You know, <laughs> uh, it was it was really I thought tactful and intelligent the way. Yeah, and appropriate the way it was done that you, oh, yeah, you know, in so many ways we've come such a long way and in so many ways we haven't. And that's disgusting and awful. And, uh, and I, I try not to mince words on those kind of things because it's, it's that kind of stuff really is a, uh, such a stain and really despicable in every, in every way. Uh, and, and seeing that reminder of, um, times when it was maybe even more accepted slightly. Oh, gosh. It really gets you. And uh, I hate that it, there's any uh, legacy of it going on today, for, definitely. But uh, but this was this was not attempting to show that it was just here's here's what happened and what you know oh accidentally wow don't you see a lot of these sort of things going on today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be uh, talked about later on in the year. I don't think that its poor box office is going to hurt um, its relevancy. And uh, I think it's got relevancy in um, for best director, uh, for best picture. I think it's got uh, best editing, best cinematography, um, all of that. Best costume design. I think all of that is um, going to keep it in people's minds uh, as we as we go on here. And again, this is going to depend on movies that are still yet to come. But um, I just think the message here. Is this the this is the moonlight of 2017? I just think this is the as far as where we are in society, this is the most relevant movie I've seen in 2017. It's a movie that I'll probably never see again. In fact, I don't want to see it again. But mm-hmm. I am very yeah. very glad I saw this movie. <laughs> I would recommend this movie to anyone, but I'm never probably going to see it again. Um, mm-hmm. It is. Uh, I, again, I mean, I, I haven't seen Zero Dark Thirty maybe, but once, other than when I saw it for the first time too. It's just not, it's not an everyday watch kind of a thing. It, it's, it's definitely an educational. Well, speak for yourself. But, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, son, you're gonna watch Power Rangers. I'm gonna go watch Detroit. <laughs> see you. See you at lunch. Um, oh. it's, it's definitely an ed- educational experience. Um, and the fact that they base these characters on real people only adds to that. Um, I thought the um, the guy that John Boyega played as kind of the cop that's caught in between with um, being black but also being a cop and sympathizing there and, and kind of trying to break the tension between them. And, you know, I think the scene where he gives the coffee to the cops, or like offers him coffee, like in the middle of the riot is like kind of a peace offering kind of a thing. And um, it's just really poignant the way that this movie subtly kind of comments on on all that stuff. And, um, it's genius. It really is. She is spectacular again. So glad I saw this. Um, Brian, I guess, what did you like about the movie? (laughs) I I hate to say that, but it's, um, there's a lot to like here, even though it's such a dark subject matter. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. You can't just, yeah. Not not a big fan of the themes in this movie. No, it's it's um the you guys touched on the performances. Boyega's great. Will Poulter, I think, has been kind of carving out 
a name for himself over the last few years, and this is this is where it kind of all comes together. It's just like, uh-huh. oh man, this guy really, he's really got it. Um, but more than anything, it's just I'm I'm amazed at at Bigelow's ability to tell a really difficult story without ever. I don't know, without ever becoming pandery about anything and just getting to where you feel like the next note that's going to happen is going to be, you know, that the, the score is going to kick in and it's going to be like, hey, you should feel bad about racism, you know? It's like, we know. Racism's terrible. I don't I don't need the score to tell me that. Bigelow, I think, yeah, you're nails that. Yeah, you Spielberg it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, but combine that okay. with... I just want to come uh, at you later. I'm... I'm it's fine. I, I marked it down on my list, and we'll, we'll fight about it later. No, but like combining that with her just amazing ability to uh, build tension and keep a shot going uh, is is incredible. You know, it's it's certainly not the like oh yeah I like this moment, but maybe the maybe the best moment as far as just like tension and. Um, unfolding of plot and we're at spoilers just in case anybody cares, but is when, um, when Poulter and the other Flynn, Ben O'Toole send Jack Renor, Raynor into the other room to fake kill somebody. And you mm-hmm. know that he's going to kill, like you can yeah. tell from as soon as they set that scene up by the intimidation game. Yeah. Thing, yeah. It, you just know like, Oh no, he's going to go. He's, he's literally just going to go shoot this guy. And it's, um, that is a, it's horrifying and awful and terrible, but it's, it's, it's shot so well and, and designed so well within the script and within the way that, you know, the scene is structured that it's just like, Oh gosh, what's, what's this is, mm, mm. there's no, it's just kind of, so it, it leaves you with a sense of dread that I think is very fitting and appropriate for what, you know, this movie's all about and what it's trying to accomplish. Yeah. So just to comment a little bit more on, on the way this was shot. I mean, Catherine Bigelow, more than most directors, she can utilize the shoulder cam almost better than anybody. I mean, with a lot of directors, once they take the camera off the sticks or off the dolly and they're doing handheld, it's completely disorienting and you can't tell what the heck's going on. I don't think she uses the tripod or a dolly or a, you know, a crane or anything like that in this movie at all. I think it's all handheld, but it's not disorienting at all. So it can be done. She does it very well. The raid sequence in Zero Dark Thirty comes to mind. I know it's dark as a night vision a lot of the times, but it's not disorienting. And that that scene like that in small space could easily easily become that um, with the way she shoots. But again, she um, she's a master at what she does. So um, so hats off to her. But man, I'm glad I saw this movie again. It's the most relevant movie I've seen this year, probably. I mean, Dunkirk's relevant too. Uh, especially right now with, with people down in Houston mm-hmm. literally taking their boats and rescuing people, you know? Right. Um, yeah. It's um it's strangely and eerily revel- relevant right now. But it's um this is one of the best movies I've seen this year, for sure. Um, there have been a lot of good ones, a lot of good ones. Now that I'm, I'm thinking about it, but um, it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to uh, come up with a negative here. I mean, normally I, I'll tear anything apart if I can. Everyone knows me on the show. I'm, I'm the first one too, um, but uh, can't do it. Can't do it with this one. This was uh, mm. strong, quite strong. Do you guys have any closing thoughts on Detroit? Any overarching themes? Anything like that that sticks out before we uh, we hit a grade here? No, I'm tapped out. 
I'm same. Same. Done. Well, we'll see if this stays relevant. Again, uh, the conversation might spark up again in Oscar season when the screeners come out, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to grade this out at a uh, freaking A. Solid, solid movie. Uh, Brian? Yeah, I'm the same. It's it's an A for me. I'm interested to see how November and December, especially like some of the smaller movies that we don't really know that much about yet or how they're going to do this. This has the, the makings of the type of movie that could make a strong comeback for, for award season stuff. If there's not enough, usually a movie that comes out in August is going to be forgotten by the time we actually get to awardsy type things. But if, uh, if the rest of the year is a little bit weaker and, and I don't know that there's a, a super strong right now. I don't think it's a super strong field. So I think this is the type of movie it'll play well on screeners too. And so I, I think it's the type of movie that could, uh, that could see an, an a surge in, uh, in second awards. wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. So a for me. All right. Uh, Richard, what's your grade? I'm going to, we'll go triple a, well, you know, you pull over if your car yep. blows out, call us on Detroit. Cause you got triple a right. <laughs> okay. Detroit um, is still in a theater out there, I'm sure, <laughs> by this point. So um, let's move on. Let's hit a weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. My weekly recommend this week um, is a, kind of a public service service announcement. Um, I, I'm going to recommend to donate to the relief efforts down south. Uh, I put out a little thing on our um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we chose to support the Salvation Army's efforts here. That's a, a charity that hits close to home, and that's doing a lot of good things uh, down there. But I'm going to recommend just donate any amount of your choosing to the charity of your choice, the Red Cross, United Way, something like that, who are um, helping the people down south there's a lot of damage a lot of work to be done still i know a lot of money's been raised a lot of great stories out there a lot to do i mean people have donated to us we're but we're three clowns and you have donated to us to keep this going there are people that are in legit need right now in houston yeah any a dollar counts 50 cents counts and will help um so definitely do that that's my recommend um help salvationarmy.org is the uh, website for Salvation Army, or you can text the word STORM to 51555 if you would like to donate that way. Very simple to do, and I'm sure they appreciate it. So that's my recommend. Um, help those people and um, be there for them, because um, mm-hmm. if it was you in that time of need, I'm, I'm sure you would appreciate it. And yeah. um, it's great to see Americans helping Americans and um, Texans helping Texans and um, I work for the for the uh, Cowboys, and we we actually hosted the Texans this whole week because they had nowhere to go. They couldn't get home. We ho- we hosted them in our hotel. They they you know they were able to get their work in on in our facility and everything. So it's been a week of charity for a lot of people, especially in our state, and um, it, it's far from over. So mm-hmm. yeah. thank you on behalf of everyone that you're helping. Thank you for donating, and I hope. If one person donates because I said this, I think it's worth it. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely please do that. Okay? Yeah, and you know, it's super cool to, like, I don't mm-hmm. want to get too far into it, but especially, like, leading up to the storm and in the first couple of days and stuff, we we probably took a dozen 
Facebook messages and emails and tweets, two dozen maybe, of people like wishing us well and, you know, I'm mm-hmm. holding a good thought or praying for you or whatever. We're so, because if people don't, if you don't live in Texas, you may not understand like how freaking huge Texas is. We're so far away from the storm. We barely got a little bit of rain. Like that's literally all we're dealing with. But it was super cool, I felt like, to that we got all these people who we don't really know. We're just, like you said, Kent, we're three clowns that talk mm-hmm. on fake radio every week. Um, and we had people chime in and just want to check on us and stuff. That was super classy and, and cool for, for everybody to do that. And we know we have, um, you know, we have, we have a lot of listeners. And so there's a, it's not just like, there's a good chance that we have some listeners in Houston. Like we interact with people, um, who are on the Gulf coast that are, you know, listeners of the show that we only quote unquote know because of the show. So there's, you know, there's man fans out there that, that are, affected by this and um so yeah can i think you're totally right like whatever there there's dozens yeah. of awesome help your fellow mam fam if anyone yeah, else seriously there's dozens of awesome um charities and organizations and and ngos that are that are going to chip in on this because this is like i don't really know how well I, I don't know what the coverage is like outside of this region i just haven't i, I don't know because we live here but like this is going to be this is not like well in a couple of weeks things will be better it's going to be years and years of of recovery mm-hmm. so, i mean it, it's similar to katrina on that so right um any any support really does help um all right so that's my recommend thank you again uh brian what's your recommend well i'm i'm gonna go a completely different direction and I go hope so uh-huh. uh <laughs> uh we just you can't you recommended like the least self-serving thing ever i'm gonna recommend the most self-serving tv show of all time and recommend uh I'm 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 going through Curb Your Enthusiasm for I'm trying to get through Woo. it all. Yay! Finally, the for the uh, what's the new season? Is season eight? Season, season eight. nine? Eight. Okay. No That's season really yeah, season nine. Uh, season eight's the okay. last one they did. Season okay. nine's a new one. Yeah. So so this is like the third time that I've started Curb, and then uh, the previous two times, you know, lost HBO or lost the password to whoever's HBO I was using and whatnot. So. Uh, I'm rolling pretty strong. I'm I'm into season two at this point, and I'm loving it. And it's hilarious. And uh, I definitely, if you're it only one of gets the people, better man. That's yeah, the dude, great I, news I'm excited for, for for Leon. So uh, if you're <laughs> if you're like me and you have never indulged, this is the time because we've got, you've got about a month before the new season comes out. And if you're like in Richard, you've seen it multiple times, then it's a great time, I think, to rewatch and just reacquaint yourself. So that's my recommend. Curb your enthusiasm. I'm loving it, man. I'm 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 kind of re- going back and rewatching it. I I watched a bunch from season seven and eight last night and today, and um, <laughs> the Seinfeld reunion, like the four episode arc of that, is just there's nothing like that ever. Um, speaking of reunions, you know that was maybe the best reunion ever. The reunion without a reunion, you know, and um, <laughs> the bit that kills me that I never thought about is. <laughs> When Leon shows up to to the the studio and he just has no idea who anyone is, like he's never seen Seinfeld. He's like, "Who is this? Who are these people?" He's like, "That's Jerry Seinfeld and Julie Louis Dreyfus." He's like, "Who's this guy?" Is Newman? You know, he's like, it, "It's so he's just there's no clue, so out of the loop on everything." And he's just eating like a plate full of watermelon or something. Like, uh, he's so good. Um, but once bad. once Jimmy Leon comes into the picture. It hits a whole nother gear. Yeah. Once you think it's good until Leon comes in about season five and it's, uh, 
greatness. So, um, speaking of Katrina, right? <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> that's uh, how he shows up. That's how he shows up. He's an evacuee of uh, Katrina. Well, he's not, but his family is. But family he comes is, to live he, soon. Yeah, he just. Can my brother come live too? Oh, yes. He also he lives in LA. <laughs> no, he lives in LA. <laughs> <laughs> he just never leaves either. They all leave after the storm stuff, you know, passes. He just kind of stays back. Still, still lives with LD. <laughs> I'm going to my room. <laughs> you know, uh, I can't wait for you to get into that, Brian. And yes, again, for the listener, you've got, I guess, a month, two months. Mm-hmm. It's like early October. To uh, or... catch up before the new season. And um, that that should be awesome in 2017. Is some, You should be able, curve. if you do an hour a night, you'll get there. Oh, it's the easiest show to binge ever. You can do three episodes in an hour, back to back to back. So, um, yeah, do, definitely uh, take advantage of that um, on HBO. If you can, um, do you like it more than Seinfeld, Brian? So far, I do. And I was going to say something that I've discovered because I Seinfeld is is great and I respect it. I just don't. I can't binge Seinfeld. That's my that's my deal. It's just it's just too. I can't handle the whining. It is just too much. The thing that I I kind of discovered today to me the difference is <laughs> is just um, is how Larry David in the midst of you know constantly complaining and whining and saying just horrible horrific things is smiling while he's yeah. while he does it i for whatever reason like that just leaves this it, it changes the feel for me because it's like but, not that i don't appreciate seinfeld or that i don't think it's hilarious it's just that it's it's in this setting it i don't know maybe it feels like he's in on the bit i guess but it's just it's hilarious watching him say like the the clip i sent you guys today that i can't repeat on the air was a incredibly honest comedy, but b just his smirk while he's delivering, uh, you know, this kind of diatribe is is fantastic. It's what I love about you know Corolla. It's the, kind of the same thing. It's just he's yeah. going off on somebody, but he's you know he's clearly enjoying it while he also, does. Also, the joy of well, not just the joy, but the way you question yourself when watching Curb. At least me, I almost always agree with Larry, and they set uh-huh. up Larry as like the worst person on the planet. But I'm always like. His point in this social situation, sure. he just yeah. has kind of the gall to say it. That's mm-hmm. always really funny too. And there are there's so many good just just in the uh, the episodes I watched yesterday. I mean, the chat and cut so funny. The uh, coordination of the tip with Jason Alexander is funny. Um, the do you respect wood with the woods? You know, the ring stain is yeah. good. I mean, there's and that's in like two episodes. They're like five. Five seasons Iconic. of good comedy for a Big Bang Theory, right there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> to three good bits. <laughs> they they have yet to come up with one good bit on Big Bang Theory, and it's what season ten? No, <laughs> season forty. With, oh, with, a, with a, I mean, with that's a, better than anything on Seinfeld. Right? Is Just... it? <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Bazinga, yeah. Bazinga, Bazinga, though, Bazinga. Um. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad you're you're finally doing that, Richard. Recommend. Yeah, I've been on vacation, so I've been mostly just reading books that no one will care about. So I'm not going to put anyone through that. But I, the one shot kept up with, can't already recommended it once, but I'll just go ahead and hit it again. Is Hard Knocks really good? Hard Knocks, great here. season. Yeah, awesome season of Hard Knocks. I'm loving it, and uh, we've talked about it enough, so I won't. I won't go on. But uh, but great, 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 great uh, of Hard Knocks on HBO. So check that out. I've yes. kind of bailed out on the last. At least the last two seasons of Hard Knocks, I've watched two episodes yeah. or something, and then just kind of lost Texans interest. Ones. After yeah. the thirtieth tire flip by JJ Watt, <sighs> seriously, 
<laughs> and seven nap montages. But this has been awesome. Like, yeah, it's been great. They've got a lot of characters. I told you guys the other day I would trade <laughs> all of my friends to be friends with Gerald McCoy. He's just so including us. So cool. Oh, cool. immediately. No question. Yeah, I think you guys would understand. It's fair. No, I totally would. Sarah's like in love with him. She thinks awesome. he's like the coolest person on the planet. I think Game of Thrones talk in every episode yes. <laughs> has been the best. I mean, just I'm dying. I'm dying. So, the new epi- newest episode is great for the Game of Thrones stuff at the end. If you haven't seen it yet. I haven't um, seen this. It's week. them watching the season finale of Game of Thrones and them reacting to it. It's greatness. Can't wait. Yeah. And honestly, I like Jameis a lot more than I used to. Oh man, I, I saw Jameis do his at the NFL Combine. I guess the year he came out, he did his press conference and completely just owned the entire room. Like every reporter was like, you know, stunned. He just came in. and He was like, "All right, before y'all ask any questions, I'm going to clear something up." And he like cleared up the whole thing about the crab legs and the injuries and all this stuff, the controversy. He basically just cleared the air before anyone could ask him anything. And I was like, right then, I was like. I want that guy to be my quarterback. Like that dude rules. Like I would follow that guy into a battle, you know. And uh, Hard Knocks is definitely showing that. Like that dude, he's going to be a champion someday, you know. And um, he already was in the college level, I guess. But um, that that dude, he's a real deal. Awesome, awesome guy. Um, all right, good stuff. Good recommends. Good TV talk. Good Detroit talk. Good James Cameron talk. Wow. Good times. Fun times. We're back, all guys. back We're together. Back. Woo! We're all back. We are back, back, back. Get ready for fall. This is our favorite time of year. Summer's for freaking amateurs. Real movie. <laughs> the real man fam sticks around for fall movie yeah. season. That's you guys stoked about Tulip Fever? Yeah? Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Um. Okay. Well, next week we are talking, I believe, It. Wind River. Wind River it's and no- then It. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'll have fun with that one. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun times. But until then, where can we find you on the internet, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all social media at Richard Barden. That's the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Snapchats, all that good stuff. You can find me on madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which, gosh, shucks, if it isn't going to be time for another issue here in the next couple of days and weeks. Kent, where can I find you? Find me on the Twitter at uh, Kent Garrison. Online, kentgarrison.com, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Find me. Let's talk. And uh, find us online, madaboutmoviespodcast.com, on the iTunes, the VIP club. Come hang out with us. And uh, until then, until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're calling again.